Hey, it's the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. I'm your host, Marvin Yue, here by myself in our office. I'm the only one here right now in our collaboration <laughs> office. Uh, but joining me all the way from the Bay is. Bay Area! Ugh, Christine Maji Chang. <laughs> Hi, Marv. How's it going? Good. I hear kind of. your Warriors kicked my Lakers ass last night, and I'm very yeah, sad they about did. That. Yeah, they did. Sixteen and zero NBA record. What? Whatever. Whatever. That's why, oh, you, yeah, that, that's why you're sick. Like Karma. Thirty something points. Newsflash <laughs> or update: Minji Chang is sick again. I know, and I made this whole. This is really embarrassing because I made this whole. Like dramatic thing about oh I'm not gonna get sick the rest of the year. I did this in October because I visited a friend, a family friend who was really sick um, with cancer, but he's actually battling it and doing a lot better, which is great. But you know, it's like a big reminder of I need to take care of myself. And I did this whole dramatic thing on Snapchat saying, you know, this is my vow, my public vow to not get sick again the rest of the year, and I failed. You know, you know what happened? What Remember happened? how we said after Star we would relax and not do anything for a while? I love how we always say that. Yeah. It's a nice dream. <laughs> it's a nice uh, theory. Well, let's see. Let's, um, let's do a quick review on how you just battered your body afterwards. I didn't, though. Well, let's see. Friday, <laughs> you decided to go to this leadership retreat up in Bakersfield. So you drove up hung out, talked all the time, came back down that night, and the next day you moderated a, a panel for the White House Initiative for Asian Americans. <laughs> and I then, totally forgot about that. <laughs> right after that, you drove all the way back up to the Bay yeah. the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. Heck? What a surprise yeah. then. What a surprise. And a lot sick. of emotion. You know what? You know what the thing is? Like, it's the, Yes, it's the physical toil, and I completely forgot I did all that. Thanks for the recap, Mark. No, no problem. Um, but it's kind of like uh, there were a lot of emotions, like the leadership retreat, like that meeting, and then the White House, like it's about bullying. And, and on Sunday when I came up to the Bay, I had some work calls on the way, and then I happened to go to a memorial service for a really good friend of mine, for her, her father, who's an amazing person. So there was a lot of like emotional you know, ups and downs. And I think that's what also contributes to it. My, my immune system's like, dude, relax. Like, can we take it easy for a second? No, your immune but. system's like, we had a deal. <laughs> you promised. <laughs> Why are you still I'm, doing this to me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I fail. <laughs> I need to be nice to my body, but I'm, whatever. Yeah. I'm nice to like my, I don't know. It's part all right. Of my, you're you're go. you're you're about to torture your stomach too tomorrow for Thanksgiving. No, it starts today. I have to start on my pies. <laughs> <laughs> what pies are you making? I'm gonna go classic this year. Years before, I tried doing like this fancy pumpkin cheesecake thing, Ooh. and it was like it was okay. I just felt like I should have either gone the pumpkin pie or the cheesecake. I don't get why I was trying to combine the two. You know, I tried making cheesecake once, but um, how, how'd that go? I just decided I didn't want to eat cheesecake anymore. I still eat it, but then just seeing how much cream cheese goes into a cheesecake is that's what I'm saying. Gross. People that bake like either it really turns them on to eating more baked goods, or they just never eat it because you see all the crap that goes it's into all it. All butter and all like cream sugar. cheese. Yeah, and lots yeah. of sugar. Yeah, like you're I remember adding- when I was when I was at my uh, I used to work in my uh, school's cafeteria, and I would see how they made the ranch. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. You oh. worked in a cafeteria. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. I was a server. Oh, like, I was everywhere. Oh, actually, I did everything too. I, like the mm-hmm. worst is the dish room where it smells like vomit. Yeah. You know, like um, I was at the Fresh Out the Show last week, the one, the thing that Phil and Jenny did. Yeah. Um, and um, I was there with Sean Mira and he was like geeking out over how Jessica, like Constance's character on Fresh Out the Book, cracks her eggs with one hand. Uh-huh. And like she used to do that. I used to do that with both hands, like two eggs at a time. Well, you're ultra badass. I can't do that. Because we had to get like a thousand eggs cracked before breakfast. Oh. 
See, I didn't do that. I didn't contribute to the food preparation. It's more like the chefs did all that. I carried these steaming, like, metal vats of food, and I'd have to place them in the serving area. When we worked breakfast grill, yeah, we had to both do the prep and also do the cooking. So I can make eggs all of all sorts. I can make omelets. I can make breakfast sandwiches. And I can make breakfast burritos. And the worst part of doing breakfast like grill the grill shift is like everything else you can make multiples at a time you can make multiple sandwiches at a time you can make multiple eggs scrambled eggs omelets whatever like on the grill but when you make a burrito that takes that takes over like half the grill so you have to make them like one at a time yeah and every day breakfast ends at 11 at 10 50 like 50 people come in and they all want burritos of course they do is the worst part of the day punks yeah trying to make your day worse I know. Shoot. Make now me I, a burrito, Nave. No, I know how those McDonald's people feel. It's like, I'm sure it's, we were no longer serving breakfast. Although that's over now because breakfast is served all day. Everyone's freaking out about that. And I still haven't taken advantage of the fact that I could get a sausage McMuffin whenever I please. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the sausage McMuffin. Why not? What's wrong with you? Because I, I just don't like the, um, I think the, the English muffin's a little dry. But then that's the point. Then, like, you have the sausage and the egg to, like, juicy it up. Yeah, but I like the biscuits better. Like, the biscuits or the McGriddles. Mm. The biscuits are good, but then I feel, like, too guilty eating the biscuit. So then I feel like English muffin is enough of a cardboard element to offset the fact that you're eating. I guess. I guess I, guess I feel like the, the, the bread to meat ratio is just too off. It's too equal. It needs to be more meat and less bread. They should be have like, a... Flatbread McMuffin, I think that would more be more protein, yeah, or like those thin, thin bagel McMuffins. I have never tried that. No, no, I'm just saying they should make that. I just using a, thin a low bagel. carb, lo- a low carb alternative. I just feel like there's too much bread. There's too much bread in the egg McMuffin. Too much bread. There should be calories. less bread. Just give me the sausage. I'll just get the sausage platter. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, are you? Wait, you guys are. What are you doing for Thanksgiving again? Are you cooking or doing anything? We at your are house? going to Fogo de Chao for their special Thanksgiving special. Bro, you're gonna be like, like meat's gonna be coming out of your pores. Oh, I, I can control myself. I can't. Hmm. No one can control themselves at Fogo de Chao. Hey, someone came to the office. Christine's here. Yay! Hi, Christine. She left. Wait, she you... saw me recording and left. She didn't want to Did... get pulled into the podcast. Christine's not a podcaster, but one day we'll get her on. This is my <laughs> declaration. Um, wait, so did you, are you going to the Fogo de Chao in Hollywood? I'm like imagining this because I haven't had it in so long. That's, is that, that's the only one in um, LA, right? There's only the one. I have no on, idea. Um, you know this stuff better than I do. The one from La Brea, I want to say. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the plan right now. It might change. There's a lot of restaurants doing like Thanksgiving specials for like prefix stuff. So. Um, we're doing research. Fogo de Chao just seems the most convenient. Um, That's like, yeah, yeah, just a meat parade. Yeah. Well, For I mean, anyone who hasn't been, you got to go take part of this meat parade. It's amazing. <laughs> it's um, Brazilian barbecue. I think they call it churrascaria or something. I probably butchered that. But basically, it's um, in- instead of a traditional buffet where you go out and get the food in a Brazilian barbecue buffet. It comes to they you. Bring the fo- they bring the food to you. On a sword. On swords, yeah. Giant swords <laughs> with meat. And then they cut the meat on the sword with another sword and then serve it to you. Right on your plate. And then you eat this thing. It's either like a card or like a little cylinder thing that's red on one side and green on the other side. Red means stop and green means give me the meat. There's nothing in between like I'm working on it. Maybe put it sideways. There's a yellow in between, but like there's no like it's just in the middle. It's never, you know, in play. You know what's ridiculous know. is that I, well, I ate that in um, Texas. Everyone knows this. If, you, if you've been listening to our podcast, I was complaining about this because this was like the meat bonanza weekend in Houston where I went to Forward and Chow and then I went to a crawfish feed at the same day and it just about puked everywhere. Wait, Forward and Chow and a crawfish feed? Yeah, it was the same day. I went to Forward and Chow for lunch. How did you not explode then- from the food? I did. That's what I'm saying. There was like they had to clean bits of Minji off the walls. It's gross. <laughs> it was nasty. But it was really good. I'm like grateful that I got to try it. Yeah. You're going to have a very fattening Thanksgiving. 
yeah, like I said, we haven't really had a, like a full family Thanksgiving in a while. Um, actually, no, I think we had one last year. I don't know. I, I'm too old. All the years run together. But do you um, ever cook? Are you ever? Because you're a big foodie. So do you ever like contribute, or are you just like taste tester? And- <laughs> I've cooked before. Um, I've done. You know, um, I've made mac and cheeses. I've helped with the uh, cooking. Um, usually with the turkey, my mom does the prep. So I haven't. I haven't done a full Thanksgiving meal yet. I figure. I'll wait till, you know, I have my own family or, I don't know, one, one of these years when we actually plan a Thanksgiving, I might do something. I have some, good. I have some ideas. Well, you're ultra foodie. This is going to be my 15th Thanksgiving mm. that I am overseeing. Oh, yeah? I've actually never so, brined a turkey before, so I want, really want to try that. That's what I'm doing today. That's, like, what I've been, oh, yeah? like, freaking out about. What, what, well, are, you, what are you putting heard- in your brining liquid? Like, what do you use? That's the thing. I, I watched, like, I went on YouTube because this is what I do because I research everything on YouTube first. Like, DIY, how do you do this? What's the recipe? And that's a dangerous part of YouTube because it sucks you in. Just buy a like, deep fryer and just try not to burn your house down. That Problem won't happen. solved. That's not my thing. So I looked up um, Food Network brining, and there's all these different ways. Like, you can just do salt water. Yeah, that's and the basic. Do, that's the basic yeah. thing. Yeah. But some people put sugar and some people put mm. like herbs and whatever in, in the brine. It doesn't make that big of a difference, but some people say that there is a difference between that and salt water. Well, the brining just makes like it, it makes the the um, turkey more it's like tender, yeah. uh, juicier. Juicier. It's, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's more moist. Because it keeps the, keeps the moisture in because of the, the salt. Because right. of the salt, yeah. And then, but the flavor and all that stuff comes from like whatever you're using for, for like glaze or marinade. And that stuff you either inject or you brush on, right? Well, so there's this other thing that I watched. I went on the brining thing. And then that naturally, you know, in the other recommended video section, it just takes you into the rabbit hole of all these different ways to prepare your turkey. And then one of, the, one of these cooks, she actually mixes up butter. She like softens butter and puts in all these seasonings into the butter and like whips it. Oh. makes it in she puts it in a plastic bag turns it into like a log like she rolls it up freezes it and then takes it back out slices it up and puts it underneath the skin of the turkey which also sounds really freaking good like it's supposed to basically baste your turkey for you while you roast it so i might give that a go i don't know what i'm going to combine but it's going to be amazing <laughs> or it might be like overly salty and everyone's going to hate me <laughs> you should just so, find some way to like Stuff some kimchi in there or something. Oh, of course. The stuffing. <laughs> it is Korean Thanksgiving, by the We just added a plate of kimchi to the side. Right? That's all. <laughs> That's all. That works. Yeah, throw in the Brussels sprouts. Roasted? Yeah. Everyone <laughs> knows cooked kimchi is like the best. It's amazeballs. That sounds pretty good, actually. I kind of miss having like actual Thanksgiving. But... Well, we're going to have our Friendsgiving. Oh, yeah. But are we going to have Do turkey you... there? I don't know. That's what I want. So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you, do you, are you down to take on the challenge of providing the turkey? Um, I don't know. Can we make someone else do it? I'm kind of. Why? You're, you're like the food connoisseur. I know, but I'm poor. No, I'll chip in if you make it, dude. I want to see what magic you come up with. Magic. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Can I just like make like a prime rib? That's so much easier. Um, I'm down. I'm not gonna friggin' turn that down. <laughs> we'll see. We're gonna for all you guys listening, just tune in to Sclab of Snaps. We'll probably have pictures of the food we have at our Thanksgiving. Yeah. But yeah. Thanksgiving is coming up. Tomorrow is Wednesday, which means Thanksgiving is the day after. Thursday. Today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yes. Yes. <sighs> I'm. I feel kind of silly because I didn't plan well for this. Like coming home for almost a week, and I didn't set up my usual outreach to my friends from home to like um, set up dinners and whatnot. I feel like it's very chill this year. Everyone's just everyone's getting married and has their have their in laws to attend to, so it's not so crazy with like planning get-togethers. Or no actually, one cares that I'm here. No. Nah. <laughs> I mean, usually you just need to like post like, yo, I'm here. Let's plan something. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that you can have trouble making your presence known. No. Just saying. Trust. No one cares. 
They're like, oh, she's here again. But yeah, hope you're enjoying your extended vacation in the Bay. I say vacation in quotes because it's not really. Well, we've been working the last three days, so no, <laughs> not really. Well, I mean, you're you've been napping the whole last day because you know you're sick. Yeah. So. <laughs> because drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well. As you guys can hear, it's only the two of us, so we're going to kind of break from our usual or our past um, structure and just, you know, just chat because I didn't, I think even though we're still working, my brain's still kind of on like, let's take a break mode, so I didn't really make show notes. Plus, I think we should take a break. I think this is absolutely, wait, what show number is this? I have to celebrate. This is 43. What? We're 10 away or nine away now from... A full year of doing that this thing. That is Craytown. <laughs> wow. A whole year of talking about stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. No. Well, we can talk about that. Like collaboration has been quite a year for us. A lot of things yeah. went down. We're all like, we're coming out of it tired and limping and not limping. We're okay. We're okay. I think we get tend to be kind of dramatic sometimes about the work we do. Yes. Because it's very important to us. So that's why. No, I'm super proud of what we've done. It's like I still haven't had full time to sit back and kind of take stock of everything. But no, it's pretty pretty awesome how far we've come with a lot of things. A lot of evolution in the community. Yeah, a lot to be thankful for, right? <gasps> yep. And not <laughs> even just like, now I'm saying like there's stuff that obviously we've been able to do and accomplish, but... It's also, it's, it's very symbiotic. Like the fact that we can do these things is driven by the fact that outside of collaboration, like in the actual, you know, entertainment community that we're just a part, one part of, you know, there's been so many huge steps taken this year with shows and just productions and, and people coming, you know, into the spotlight and sharing these specific stories. And I don't know. I think it's, it's been super encouraging because there's no way that we can advance and like everyone else doesn't. It's kind of like this collective movement forward, and that's definitely happened this year. Yeah, so it's been quite a year for Asian Americans. Like we, you know, when we showed um, the year in review um, video at Collaboration Star, there was a lot of reaction just because there was a lot yeah. of reaction, and there's a lot of people who could not be included literally because we didn't have enough time, which is that's a pretty crazy thing, right? Like we don't have enough time or space to include everyone. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Like, hey, here are the three people that did things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're becoming more and more. I mean, just the fact that there's multiple shows with Asian leads and two shows in particular with majority Asian casts, you know. Like, we've talked about this before a lot, but just who knew this would be what we would be celebrating? You know, like this time last year, we were all deathly afraid that, like, First Out the Boat was going to be, like, a disaster, right? Yeah. Reps, what's. Well, I think it's just for me, it's like that the change part is inevitable. It's like, are we going to progress? Right. Are we going to improve from where we are to where we're going? Because it's kind of like that's all we can ask for. Right. Like that we make the stories authentic. It's never going to be a perfect start. Um, just like everyone's talking about even like Aziz Ansari show, like Master of None. They're like, just get through the first one. <laughs> Actually, and I didn't think the first one was that bad. I, like, I didn't think so either. Yeah. But I just think um, it's <laughs> maybe it's because we're like we're you know young single people in our thirties that like I could actually relate a lot to that episode, right? You know, just if no, I could, and he um, does it so well. Yeah. I just freaking love Aziz too, so it's kind of hard to be like hating on him. <laughs> and like, yeah, I have a couple of friends who kids whose kids are of like past toddler, but not yet really kids yet. Mm-hmm. And they're like they're little nightmares. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I'm not gonna call out kids. Your but kids are cute, but man, those are important discussions. That's why I think that's a very universal topic. It's not. That's why I think everyone was kind of overemphasizing the fact that it was like, okay, here's the thing: it is a really big deal for Asian American community and for minorities and children of immigrants that this show exists. But the thing that everybody has always loved about Aziz is that his the stuff that he uh, jokes about, complains about, kind of sheds light on, is only partially about the immigrant thing. The rest is he's very just millennial focused, 
and talking about technology, talking about dating, talking about really universal things that affect everybody. And he does it really well and in a hilarious way. Well, yeah, I mean, this is an excellent segue into our Master of None discussion. But, um, <laughs> um, I haven't gotten past the third episode yet, but just based on knowing Aziz's comedy and like the, from the first two episodes and what I've heard about the, the subsequent episodes, this is the first time we've ever had like a millennial adult sitcom, right? Yeah, we had, you know, yeah. Like the closest thing we had was maybe um, How I Met Your Mother, which was about surviving like growing up in your tw- during your 20s, right? And that's kind of like our, our analog to maybe Friends. I know you, you're fully on the Friends boat, but um, the way I see Friends is Friends was kind of like my older cousin's generation. That's, that's who they like related most to. Right. Um, so Master of None is like our, like, like we said um, two weeks ago with um, Brad and Anna, like it's our Louis. It's like the Louis of our generation, right? Or like the Seinfeld of our generation where it's like well, a show actually- about life, but it's like, the touch points are actually things that we can relate to personally, which is pretty right. awesome, you know. And and someone else brought it up that like um, that they looked at the Mindy Project as a show. Like, there's a couple other shows that some people have pinpointed as like, oh, that's the reflection of our generation. Blah blah blah. I haven't watched that many Mindy Project episodes. I love Mindy Kaling. I think she's hilarious. But um, yeah, I haven't. Again, because this is just me and this is not on her. But I just don't watch that many shows start to finish. Um, but have you watched it? Is it is that accurate, or is it really more as? Oh, I haven't. I haven't watched Mindy Project either. Yeah, some people have said like, oh, for them, like she she comments on dating and sex and love and life. But then I feel like just on the characters, they're a tiny bit older as well. I feel like Aziz is more. Well, us, the good I guess. thing the thing about both shows is it's Brit, like the leads are also I think the head writer, right? Are they? Like, I don't know. Mindy Kaling is a, is a writer. She started off. Yeah, as a yeah, writer. she's a writer, and yeah, you know, her voice is definitely in that show. And what like what I so again, this is all based on things that I've read, but things about that show that really resonate with people is the fact that it's like Master of None's kind of fearless in really saying things that traditionally aren't said or portrayed on screen, right? Like Mindy Kaling being like she's the first Indian American woman to like front a show be the romantic lead and like go after like remember she was getting all this shit about like like why does he always only date white dudes she's like why not like why can't my character date hot dudes yeah right. i love that's why i love her and i think I, I i really okay now that i'm sick and now i have the perfect excuse to just watch <laughs> but i want to watch more of her episodes and she was born i googled it she's born in 79 so she's a little bit you know maybe like a half generation not even above us so I think like definitely her shows like a lot more about marriage and all that stuff and things that maybe our generation right now is starting to get into. Um, yeah, well, our generation kind of we like it's been well documented. We're like yeah, we're delayed. Everything's delayed. <laughs> late so. bloomer, not late bloomers. Late, yeah, kind of. Which is what we, it's, I don't think we bloom late. I think we bloom on time. We, many of us even bloom early. We're on time. <laughs> I think it's just. Like we've talked about this at length too on this podcast, and it's like just making you know, those decisions later. It's like just the millennials in general. Like we're making those decisions later because we can't. Like we are economically unable to make those decisions earlier. I and I I would put that up for debate. I'm like I don't know if that's really why because I really like okay if you look in hindsight and our parents like I don't think anybody was ever like financially stable and got married do you know what i'm saying like they they partnered up i think to take on that financial responsibility together when they weren't prepared and maybe like as a result of the different trials and tribulations of that we've seen that and we want to avoid it and therefore now we're like okay i can't get married until i'm financially stable and blah 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 because i don't want to go through that turmoil i don't know I think there's a lot of different theories, but I don't think in the past people got married because they were stable. I think they were unstable and then got well, married. Well, I mean, even these days, like just the f- the act of getting married is so expensive. Like getting a good photographer, getting a good venue, getting good, that's like, societal, man. Yeah. I think just saying for me, and I might get a lot of hate for this, but I I think a lot of the wedding culture is super obnoxious. That's my honest opinion. I've been in a ton of them. A lot of my friends are getting married. I freaking love you all. And I want you guys to have the best day to be 
king and queen of the universe. But I think <laughs> like this, oh, I'm going to get a lot of shit for well, this. Well, I mean, we live in a world where like it's all about moments, right? It's all about, all about having the best moments to put on Facebook and Instagram to make everyone else FOMO. And like we're, we're, I, we're like on one side, we're like we're a sentimental kind of society, right? We, we're, we treasure memories. We do stuff for experiences. But, but on now, the other hand, like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes there's a there's a one-upmanship thing. Yes, exactly. That's like where social media and like I would not be being honest if I was like, oh, I'm above that and I don't partake in that. Of course, like, yeah, it's a big like this was the best part of my day. And you can look at it a different way. Like one of it's like just sharing like this is something really cool that happened to me. And I want to share that with my loved ones because, you know, your friends and family are all following you, whatever. Then there's the other, it's like a slippery slope to like, look how amazing I am and all my life and oh, yay, you know, I'm going to make you feel bad because you're not me. There's definitely an element and I think people are lying if they say that that's not. <laughs> that reminds but, me of, have you seen those um, YouTube ads where that dude's like, hey, check out my Ferrari. I'm so awesome. Yeah. Like the guy took out like a five minute long Facebook ad just to like show off his like car in his garage and oh i just skip bro we live in la there's like well not even just la but i I think it's as rampant other places but there's so many examples of that yeah but i think with wedding culture my other thing is too because i'm an avid like pinterest person and whatever i and because we're event planners also (laughs) i'm coming from like an event planner's perspective (laughs) you don't need all of that do you know what i'm saying like you and i know like you can put together a really cool event and it's really about the people it's really about the ambiance for me well, like it's, music it's a scale thing music. right it's like you can do something just as like what do you call it? it's a balance between amount of work you want to do and amount of money you want to pay right right like the less you want to pay the more work you're gonna end up doing which is right. what you know which is what we cover that gap with but i, I guess it I comes know. down to like you could do everything on pinterest and make everything but that takes that means you have to prep for like weeks But that's, I mean, that's part of the fun that people, I don't know. We could have like a whole podcast on wedding culture. I just feel like sometimes the expectations of like your friends are ridiculous. And I don't want to, I hope, and if I do get married for whatever reason, like I hope that I can figure out a way to make it less like obligation ridden. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's like how the society became. It's like, oh. We have to have seven pre-events before the actual day of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like you have to get dressed up. You have to bring a gift. You have to spend $50 on dinner and blah, 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 blah. Right? All on top of the fact that like the actual day of you got to bring me a gift. You all got to dress up. You got to like – I'm like, man, I love getting dressed up. But I don't own that many dresses, man. Like I can't <laughs> – The dress ugh. changes, yeah. I mean that's like these days, right? These days like that, that I'm burning – I mean it's still usually the parents that pick up like the slack, right? No, they don't. Not all. Not that's what I'm saying too. I think it's raising this really kind of unbalanced expectation of like money mm-hmm. because I don't know, there's all these there's so many studies. I could just go off because it's a big financial burden on a lot of people to to save face, right? Like they don't want to they don't want to be the family that gave their kid a shitty wedding, right? Or you don't want to be that couple that threw a crappy wedding. I but, think it also comes down to just like, yeah, like what kind of society, like not just like society in general, but like what type of like micro society you're part of. Like, are you part of like circle of houses in like the suburbs of Irvine where everyone has a great wedding and everyone's expecting you to have like on par? Or are you like, you know, other situations, right? There's there's a lot of peer pressure, I think, that goes along. Yeah. And that sucks for like, so say that you're like the poor friend, you know what I'm saying? Like realistically, you work a really great job that you're passionate about but does not pay as much as like an eye banker and you can't afford to go on all these trips. Basically, you're just like economically just weeded out, right? You can't partake in any of these things. You can't get them a flashy gift. And like, I don't know. I've heard of stories that people are like, I just don't, I can't afford to go to your destination in the Bahamas. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I want to be there for you, but I literally can't afford it. That reminds me of a, um, there's an episode of Portlandia. Um, which is um, Fern Armisen and um, Carrie Brownstein's um, skit show about hipsters in Portland. But um, the whole episode revolved around this birthday party. And there's this couple who are like, oh, can we afford to go to another birthday party? Right. So five, and then they have to go to a bank to take out a birthday loan. <laughs> <laughs> that makes, 
See, we need it. Okay, so after this podcast is published, we need to send it to Aziz and be like, yo, turn this into an episode. I swear to God, I will like voraciously watch that episode <laughs> and share it because I don't know. I don't, I don't hate weddings. I just think that the culture has gotten a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. Probably. But like going back to our original point, like when our parents, I mean, I guess, I guess you and I kind of have different um, thresholds on the whole Maslow hierarchy of needs thing, right? Like I know you're definitely all about the love and like the passion. And I think I'm still on that point where like I kind of want to be a little more stable before I seriously like consider like romance that makes sense I don't know. no i get it and i'm not not on that boat either <laughs> but i'm just like one of those hopeless romantics emphasis on hopeless mm. so what else i used to be that now i'm just a cynic don't be a cynic i'm a cynical romantic to... no you have to be realistic i feel like i'm more of a realist so i don't like i don't have bizarre expectations or whatever but i still don't think that it's this is turning into the dating podcast, but I don't think <clears throat> for myself, I don't want to settle and I don't want to like feel like, oh, I feel like I'm running out of time and my ovaries are drying up. So I need to just get whatever I can take kind of thing, um, which is exactly the conversation my mom and I had yesterday. Oh, yeah. And this is very actually Thanksgiving relevant, <laughs> <laughs> relevant because this is like I see Facebook statuses of today, which are really cute. One of my friends, she put up. Hey, if you're an orphan for Thanksgiving, <clears throat> come over to my house and we'll feed you. And I'll even have my parents grill you about your love life to make it really authentic. <laughs> like, it was so funny. And I definitely yeah. liked that. It's like always a part of the conversation now. If you're in your 20s, 30s. Maybe you can, you, get, you can get your um, friends that work at Facebook or Twitter like, hey, me on that egg freezing deal you guys got. Okay, so this. Okay, that could be it. I want to talk about this i listened to npr yesterday and this is what led to my conversation with my mom about egg freezing because she's basically my mom's not freaking out about me ending up alone i guess because i'm socially awkward or that whatever you know she's not like berating me she's just worried because a lot of her friends have daughters who work really hard they have great jobs and they you know have like pretty active social lives but as a result they have no time for a romantic life like they work until eight or nine in law firms or at tech firms and just have really robust lives but they just don't seem to have um the time to find a guy who can like keep up or whatever you uh, know who, who like can, they just don't can, have time who can imagine a lifestyle like that working till 8 p.m yeah or midnight whatever yeah. <laughs> But um, so she's saying that like, you know, there are these girls and for girls, there's a lot more pressure be literally because of biology. So yeah, and I kind of just did a short on that. Did you see that on her? Who did? And I kind of she puts up like these like 10 second like mini videos. And one of them okay. is like, um, like, <laughs> I guess this time loser comes out and says like, if you don't get married or have kids by this time, you won't have kids, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's like what girls think of. It's pretty. Yeah, it's. It was, it's timely. So that really yeah. is like, that's the reality. And people who want to have kids, there's literally a ticking clock. And I, I don't know. I was really educated by this short NPR segment from yesterday about the process, about how these like bigger companies are putting aside money because it costs average between twelve to $20,000 to get your eggs frozen. And that's a lot of Skrilla, dude. And yeah. on top of that, it's not even just the money. Like it's a very big process physically to like be put on hormone therapy and then to get it get the pro procedure done like it's not oh i think i'm gonna go donate blood today it's not like that simple you can just sit down and well that's what it. i heard because like we <laughs> this is this is gonna sound terrible but like you know um in college when we were like brainstorming fundraising stuff like there's always a that idiot that suggests you know why don't you donate your eggs you know but like that process is kind of it's way more complicated than like for dudes Right. For dudes, it's just like, you know, go watch a DVD and be done with it. <laughs> but for girls, it's like there's like surgery involved, right? Like, it's, it's very, very it can be really dangerous. It can be really painful. That's why I want to like we bring in some other females to talk about this or males even like I really I don't know. This is not like Asian American related, but actually for the don donation thing, I saw it all the time at Berkeley where they're like they wanted UC Berkeley student like 
there's a certain criteria. It's and crazy. If yeah. Asian, like if, if you're they like, want your eggs. Yeah. If not just Asian, like the most expensive eggs, like the ones that get the most money is like Japanese eggs. Really? Yeah. What? I don't know. I had no idea. Japanese Berkeley eggs, probably. I love how like <laughs> came out to this topic, but still, like I was super educated and I want to talk more about it because I honestly considered it. I was like, oh, should I do that? Because I don't know. I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. But there's a lot of different risks involved. Um, but that's like something that is like literally a conversation now with my with my mother <laughs> because she's, you know, this the main thing that she's she's really dramatic about this. She's like the one thing that would make her happy now is for me to get married. I was like, thanks for the pressure, mom. <laughs> okay. No pressure at all. It's because she took a bet with your dad and she has a lot of money riding on it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> my dad's actually starting kind of worried. That's that scared me when my dad mentioned it because my dad's always like, shut up and focus on work. Shut up and focus on making money and building a good life. You know what? My parents are kind of the same way. Like my dad's like kind of now realizing maybe I shouldn't have forced him to work so hard because now like, you know, because all my cousins are getting married and having kids and I'm like still, you know, effing around. I bet your dad like really wants to have some grandchildren. My dad does. <laughs> you can see it. Like a little kid comes around. My dad turns into a pile of mush and uh, I'm like, whoa, who are you? You know, just say that's that's why you have brothers for I know. I was like, my brother's older than me. Get on his case. He should be having children. What are you getting on my case for? Leave me alone. Yeah. Rude. But like, it's kind of like our dystopian future is here. Maybe it's not dystopian, but the fact that like we're talking about egg freezing and like the fact that like now, I mean, you can have kids later and there's health, like there's health innovations that like make that okay. Like before that used to be like a death sentence, you know? Right. But that all costs a lot of money. So there's, it's not like, oh, we can just do that. It's literally the people who can afford to do that can afford to do that or they'll hire a surrogate or whatever. Like there's so many other alternatives, but I don't know. There's still a good amount of people doing it the old fashioned way and just having kids really young. I don't know. I'm curious if you are listening to this podcast and you have a relationship story, I want to know how those go down with your families. I want to know how your mother and or your father or aunties, uncles, grandparents get on your case. Cause it seems to be a very universal plight of our generation <laughs> and everyone's getting freaked out. They're like, Oh my God, everyone's getting to be like 35 and not getting married and having kids. What's going to happen? I don't know. I kind of just feel like we're even dating now is kind of more like less. How do you say this? Like more focused, you know, like, it's um, So there's a quote in one of the Master of None episodes where Aziz says, you know, like, the next person I date might be the person I marry, so I want to make sure, you know, it's serious. And, you know, I think that's kind of where most of us are at here, at our age, at least in, like, the 30 to 32-year-olds. Right. Like, that's kind of where we're at now. It's just we're kind of tired of being in this holding pattern. And But then he also says, like, and this is from his uh, Madison Square Garden set, which a lot of that material he actually uses in his show. Um, but he's saying that like with this, with like Tinder and with all these different options that we feel that we have, it's like, you're kind of also shortchanging yourself because you don't, you're not, you're, you're very like stubborn about what you think you want. You're like, Oh, I need somebody who went to Harvard and who's also over six feet tall and they have to have a six pack and they have to, you know, be really good with children and blah, you know, like blah, 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 Is blah. Is that checklist? No, that's Listeners, not my checklist. That's Minji's checklist. It's a very so generic theoretical checklist. checklist it's not, please it's email not us. my checklist. Shut up. Um, but he's just saying, like, with that mentality, you're not opening yourself up to kind of exploring different kinds of people and realizing that someone else that you don't expect might be a better fit for you than, like, oh, this checklist and I'm going to swipe, 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 swipe. And I'm, no, no, thank you. I don't know. That's also a really interesting point to make. Yeah, but the alternative is like going out, and that involves you know buying stuff effort, and effort, <laughs> and driving and parking, and uh, it's, life's Too hard, much. guys. Ballet is expensive. Life's hard. Life is hard. Being an adult is tough. Well, that one Thanksgiving or relationships, but they're very much hand in hand. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break and um, yeah, listen to a couple updates from collaboration. 
And this episode of the Collabcast is brought to you by Collaboration. Minji Chang, please tell our viewers what Collaboration is. Collaboration is a nonprofit organization and grassroots movement to elevate, connect, and discover Asian American artists. Wow, that sounds amazing. I know, it really is. <laughs> well, I need to get part of this. We're now at the end of our collaboration season. We don't really have any big events coming up, but if you keep um, keep tabs on your local collaboration city um, Facebook page, um, if there's a collaboration in your city, um, there will probably be a couple holiday events coming up. So keep an eye out. Also, we are recruiting for uh, staff, and this is actually becoming more of a year-round process, but especially at this time of the year, if you're interested in joining um, a collaboration staff and volunteering, being part of you know the community that helps put all this magic together, send an email to info at collaboration.org, and we'll get back to you, connect you with the right people. Yeah. Also, if you're interested in um, contributing to our blog, um, we're always looking for new writers. Just um send an email with a writing sample to blog.collaboration.org and um, we'll get back to you. Is it blog.collaboration or blog at? Blog at collaboration.org. That's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. That's not what I, I said. I just said i sorry. That's not what I said. But thank <laughs> you for English. catching that. Yeah, I we, can't English. Yeah, you're not. You're, you, I'm sorry, Minji Chang. We're going to have to um, reject your application for the blog team because of your poor English skills. I just wanted to try. I'm so sorry. But enjoy Christmas. Have you a Merry Christmas? Speaking of Christmas, consumerism. <laughs> Are you a good consumer? Do you like consumering, Minji Chang? I am an avid consumer, yes. Well, do we have a deal for you consumers? Well, it's not really a deal. But if you're interested in getting collaboration swag slash merch, come on down to gummymall.com slash collaboration and you'll see a wide variety of collaboration tees, tanks, and sweatshirts. All I get quite sale. a few compliments on my collab sweatshirt, which I am wearing right now. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, gummymall.com slash collaboration for all your winter consumer needs. And it's getting chilly out there, y'all. Y'all know you need it. <laughs> and finally, as always, if you have any comments, questions, stories, or just feedback for us um, on the podcast, please write to us at podcast at collaboration.org. Um, as you heard earlier this episode, Minji wants to hear your relationship stories slash your parents' reactions to it, which is pretty, I think, yeah, would be really interesting. Um, and for those of you who are subscribed to us on iTunes, um, please, please, please give us a quick rating on iTunes. Whatever star and whatever you write is fine. We would prefer four or five stars because we think we're awesome. But if you don't... Five. Five. <laughs> But it's whatever you want. But um, any engagement on that, any rating um, will help us in um, pushing our podcast up the rankings on iTunes so that more people can find us and more people can um, enjoy whatever it is that comes out of Minji and my mouth. And contribute. This is insane. The more ears, the more feedback we get. Too. Yeah. So, help yeah. Us help us out. Help us out. Help us help you. Help you. <laughs> is that the- <laughs> Help you. Oh, you, oh. <laughs> All right, back to the show. And we're back. How's it going, Minji? It is going great. I'm still sick. Minji from the Bay. From the Bay. How's the weather up there? We haven't talked about weather yet. I know this annoys quite a few people. What's happening? Um, right now it's really sunny and absolutely gorgeous but it's getting cold yo yeah it's getting colder you're in san jose right so you're outside of the microclimate i'm in pleasanton so i'm east bay but around the valley it gets we it seems like we have four seasons (laughs) nice yeah it's freaking cold though and i heard that it's dropping temperature wise in la too yeah no it's gonna be really cold tomorrow it's gonna be like well i mean cold as in like like mid 60s that's a high but lows of maybe like 40 so it's going to be really cold for all those Black Friday shoppers out there. Good luck to you. I'm not yeah. going to be there. <laughs> Crazies. Yeah, I've, I'm surprised I've made it this far without doing Black Friday. I used to supply Black Friday. So when I used to work for um, a major like movie studio, I used to work on um, distribution for home entertainment. And we would, like, we would send out so much product to fill those bins, like deep, those, those like cheap DVDs. Yeah. We... we 
it would just be like our opportunity to like offload all like the junk that no one bought initially because the thing is like it doesn't matter if you're selling like shit if it's super cheap people will buy it oh hell yeah it's amazing it's all marketing it's like it's that's how we marketing. that's how we drop all our like like did you know that steven Seagal still makes movies say what well he did like back when i worked there so he's like steven Seagal, john claude van damme were making all these b like action movies that are really really i mean i wouldn't say they were shitty because Obviously, people bought them, but like they were <laughs> that good. That doesn't matter. People, <laughs> people buy crap all the time. Okay, oh. that is that is no bearing on the. So when you work for a studio, you get you get all the releases. So I would bring. I, I have a whole bookshelf full of like movies. Half of them are just like B movies, like the movies that we talked about before, where like they have really big stars in it, but they never got a release. Um, yeah, but my dad is. My dad loves shitty action, like. I think my dad does Anything too. Anything with did. like Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, he will watch. And he will say, oh, that was pretty good. Because I don't think like, my dad has pretty good English, but I don't think he like watches it for the story. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> no. A lot of those, I mean, that's the point of the movie. It's just like kind not, I don't want to be judgmental, but it's just kind of simple action fun. Yeah. It's not meant for storyline or for grit. <laughs> I grew up watching that too, though. That's the funny thing. Like, I've watched a lot of Steven Seagal movies and Chuck Norris movies and whatever when I was younger. I guess my dad was really big on that. But I'm glad to say that he has a little bit more of a. Uh, he's more. What's the word? He's more selective. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, my dad also. It's funny because my dad also likes thrillers. Like, we used to watch stuff like Patriot Games. Or um, clear and present danger, and like yeah. he would like he would spend the whole entire movie trying to guess the twist or guess like the subplots and stuff. So like, nice. I know he understands the movies, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he he does enjoy the mindless. It's like how some people just enjoy horror. Yeah, you know. No, I love the thriller movies, dude. Freaking Harrison Ford, man! That man had a career. It's funny because we, I, the first thing I watched when I got back home was I watched, I brought my entire Indiana Jones set. Because, <laughs> yeah, I own the set. And I well, watched uh, Last Crusade with my dad. And it was uh, really fun. I mean, his early career was all about his, like, smirk, right? His, like, don't give a fuck, like, like attitude. And then the later But he's movies, still like that. Yeah, but I kind of feel like, I don't know. Like, lately, he doesn't look, it's like Bruce Willis. It just kind of feels like he's not trying anymore. Well, he doesn't have to try. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, he's amazing. And... I think that kind of thing, I feel like if I got like a really cheap Back to the Future set, which I don't need because I already own, but say like that's the kind of thing I would totally Black Friday, <laughs> but I also paid full price for that, so never yeah. mind. Speaking of Harrison, like so, it's kind of funny. It's something that I know I'm not the only one that notices it, but um, like I think as actors get like more famous, they start just to act like they're just them, right? Like Samuel Jackson now is just Samuel Jackson. He plays yeah. Samuel Jackson in every movie. So yeah. does Morgan Freeman. So does like Harrison Ford, Bruce Willis. Like, yeah, it's like, is that like f- for you as an actor? Um, <laughs> is the future just Minji Chain playing Minji Chain? Because like I feel like other actors, like your your idol Meryl Streep, is still playing characters, right? And there's yeah, a lot of yeah. people doing like maybe it's a difference between just like people who are like um, what's the name? What's the name where they get in like uh, method? Like they yeah, get like into the character, or they're just like. Maybe it's a casting thing. I'm sorry. This that's this, what I'm this saying. Thoughts I going off everywhere, but no. But yeah. I know what you're saying. That's what I've thought about because, like, my friends have complained. Like the really big actor fiends. Like they're some people are like really mad at De Niro because they're like De Niro, you're freaking such a sellout. Like you play, you should have more. Um, you should be much more selective of what what you say yes to. They're like my friend went off the other month, like last month. He went off going like De Niro just takes whatever project comes his way. But then, like, you don't live their life. The same thing I said last time about, oh, feeling sorry for actors who who used to be and now they're gone. Like, again, I was like, maybe that's their choice, right? Maybe that's they just don't want to be yeah. part of Hollywood anymore. Well, maybe just, like, I know The Rock was did a lot of kids' movies for a while, but that's because he did it for his kids. And then yeah. now yeah. that their, his kids are a little bit grown, he's back to being, like, The Rock, you know? Right. And I think that's cool if you have, you get to be such a, like you get so confident in your work or people are confident in your work that you don't have to 
you have the option to choose. I think that's like the dream, right? Yeah. And some people choose like, okay, I'm just going to play myself and get paid a buttload of money because if I just show up on screen, everyone's going to freak out because they know what to expect out of Samuel L. Jackson. Or like Christopher Walken. Like if you've ever seen like his older movies like Dead Zone, like he used to act normal. Like, <laughs> he, used to, he used to talk normal. <laughs> oh my God. And now he just, like, yeah. he just plays Christopher Walken. And people love that, you know? Like, yeah, the caricature a, yeah. Christopher Walken. But I kind yeah. of feel like, you know, some these days, like, you're casting a Bruce Willis because you want that Bruce Willis. Yeah. But if you're casting for a specific character, I don't think you go Bruce Willis. You know, you go like someone who else who can do the character, right? Or well, I'm like sure that. that there are a lot of characters who, like, there are a lot of actors who could play that Bruce Willis type. But it's also, like, we've talked about this so much before. It's like, it's marketing. You put Bruce Willis in a movie, you're upping your, like, the butts in the seats, right? So they could also take, some unknown actor. And the thing is, I, saw, I, just, I actually went, me being sick, I actually went on IMDb one night. I couldn't sleep. And I just watched like 30 trailers in a row. <laughs> but there's one, I think it's called The Extraction, but it's a Bruce Willis movie. And it's his son, like Kellen Lutz. I don't even know. I've seen the name before. I, didn't, I could never put a face to the name. But he's like, he plays his son. So I guess they're grooming Kellen to be like the next Bruce Willis or something. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Uh, they but said just, that about Shia LaBeouf and uh, Indiana Jones, and that didn't work out. That was just. Oh, Did you see that thing about Shia LaBeouf watching all his movies? No. Oh, he's he's doing some new. He's doing some is he, new. Is he like, doing better? <laughs> he's still doing his whole performance <laughs> thing. He's still doing his whole like I'm not famous anymore shtick. Okay. But his latest his latest stunt was like he posted online that he's going to watch all fifty of his movies. The movies mm-hmm. that he's in in reverse chronological order, and he invite everyone to come. So, pe- like, people have been there like all day, like watching his movies, and he's like reacting to it. I don't know. There's a couple of videos online about it, but right, he, he's he's still crazy, or maybe he's genius. Who knows? That's what I think is the the and the the real. There's always going to be a really good and bad to being a celebrity. Like, if you become so recognizable and everybody knows your persona so well, it's hard for you to disappear into a character, which for some actors, like, they really want to just be the character and, you know, leave the public <laughs> image out of it, right? Which is what Daniel Day-Lewis, like, works his butt off on. He, like, really becomes that character, and he doesn't want you to see Daniel Day-Lewis. He wants you to see Abraham Lincoln. And other people just, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't pass judgment. It's, like, your choice when you get to be yourself and get to be part of a really fun project, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Or you can be like true artiste and just vanish into a character where you get taken to somewhere unknown or whatever. I think that's really cool too. Yeah. But. I mean, some people can pull it off. Some people can't like, I think like Jiggle did a really good job. Like from the trailers, at least for the wire, like playing like a French dude, <laughs> but like you yeah. also get people like Tom Cruise trying to play an Irish dude in far and away. That's like, you sound like the lucky charms guy. <laughs> I don't think that's how Irish people really sound. That's sad because I actually really liked Far and Away. But yeah, you I like, think like something like, like Ellen. The Irish accent. Well, you hear Ellen and you have a hard time unless she did like a she did like a Jim Carrey and did Eternal Sunshine kind of thing. Mm. Like it's just still be Ellen just because of her voice and we know her, we love her. She's Dory, she's Ellen, you know, like yeah, speaking, it's harder for some people. Oh, we're going all over the place. But like in Eternal Sunshine though, like I feel like Jim Carrey was still a Jim Carrey character. It's just like, what if Jim Carrey was more depressed? He is though. That's you know? the thing. Like they've said, and they've had all these analyses on comics. Like comics are some of the darkest people out there. They, it's not like they're absent of, of depression and like a lot of them are, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think it's probably just another side of Jim Carrey that you just don't see that yeah. often. But oh my God, that opening scene. <laughs> I love how we got here from Black Friday. Yeah. But- if you find Eternal Sunshine in a clearance bin, that is a crime. That is a crime. That is a crime on take, art and humanity, and but you should take report. Of it and buy it. You should report that store right away as being evil and not cool. But then also buy it because if you can get it for like one ninety nine, holy crap, that's like a. I steal. mean, you can stream it for free on Netflix. I know. I'm just saying. I like to own DVDs of movies that I really love. I'm one of those old. Old farts. That I used to like that. I still like get. To, I, I still. I'm, I have a collection of DVDs I've gotten from Kickstarters that I funded like years ago that are finally like making it. So I have like five DVDs I haven't watched it. I, don't have I have many them. DVDs I haven't watched it. I used <laughs> to go to um, Rasputin and Amoeba, which are like oh, 
Bay Area staples. I know there's a couple in LA, but oh, there's an amoeba here. Yeah, there's an amoeba on Sunset and I want to say Ivar? Highland. Ivar. No, Highland's too far down. Some Sunset and and Cahuenga. Cahuenga, actually, yeah. You're a Cahuenga. Oh, that didn't even make sense. Space. Anyways, yeah, there's a lot of bins with um, crappy movies I used to throw in there for Black Friday. I don't yeah. know. All I've heard is all these theories about people, like literally that retailers will do this. They'll jack up the price of all these different products before Black Friday comes around. So everything seems so expensive. And then when you actually buy it, it's a deal. But it actually wasn't a deal. You're probably still paying. Well, I'm sure there's price. all sorts of price, like price gouging and price like strategy going on. I mean, retail is, especially like physical retail is has been dying for like the last like decade ever since yeah, like because of online. eBay and Amazon has like come out and like but- for a lot of stores like Black Friday and this whole month of December is like more than half their like annual revenue right there. So they, they just need to sell. And a lot of times what? like with Black Friday, it's all about getting rid of your inventory. So it's not on your books anymore. Right. Exactly. We need to, someone needs to buy these things. I don't know. So that's why I'm just like, for me, I'm not fully convinced that I'm getting a great deal for a great product. I'm more like, okay, this is stuff that was going to go on clearance anyway. And I don't <laughs> want to deal with like almost getting smothered to death. It's psychology though. Like if you think I know. like, I mean, a lot of people, especially like, um, like our people, the Asians, like we were looking for ways to get like, like my dad will not buy anything if it's not on sale. Everything has to be on sale. There's a, there was a while where we were only buying display merchandise. Like our TV, <laughs> our cameras were all like the display models that you know they sell for less because it's out of the box. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's all my, but the thing is, I also know that it's become just like, now it's become as much of a holiday or an occasion as anything else. And so people just, they like participating in it for the, like being a participant. You know, they're like, oh, I, I did Black Friday. I did that. They make a thing about it with their friends and their family. So I can, I don't know. I think it's, it's hilarious that I people like that. that I like just, going to Disneyland. <laughs> I feel like there's so many other better, more productive things you can be doing with your friends on that Friday. Like, yeah. I don't know, brunch or like, I don't know, like dinner or food. Watching a movie. Yeah, that too. You can go watch Good Dinosaur. Go watch Sanjay's Super Team. It's out now. Playing, playing football, soccer, softball, kickball, prison ball. Monopoly. We should just make a giant list, an ongoing list of all the things you can do if you're not at Black Friday. Because a lot of these stores, like the only really the only real deals are the doorbusters, right? Like the limited like five things that are like super cheap that everyone wants. And well, like a, a fifty inch screen TV for like ninety dollars. Yeah, and if you're if you're not the first like five people in line, you're not getting that thing. So it's really not worth it. Like how many people died? Uh, people have been trampled. I'm sure people have died. I mean, people have yeah. been. I'm just like. Stampede. I don't know. I mean, getting in between someone and their deal can be dangerous. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when I heard of like the trampling, the stampede, I'm sorry, but Lion King did enough, you know, emotional damage on me <laughs> as a child. I don't need to like have a Mufasa. I mean, moment. you're not going to have someone drop like. Like that's that's a Christmas like horror plot, right? Someone dropping like some dude in the middle of like. A shopping center right before the well, Black Friday gates open, and he's like, "No, I'm getting trampled." That was by people. Scar because he's an evil bastard. But I'm saying, like, even then, before he climbed up, right, Mufasa was just down in the gorge, and then all the wildebeest came stampeding him. That's what I imagine in my head of like happening at Black Friday. So, no, thank you, no, thank you. They did. Um, South Park did a really great episode on um, Black Friday, and they they turn into like a Game of Thrones analog. Where like God. all the all the mall guards are like the guards of the castle about to get um, attacked by the hordes of consumers. Okay, even before we even get to all that, the the stampede and all that stuff, parking. I just well, okay. This is where I hope that my friends who are like Lyft and Uber drivers can make a good amount of money that night because I hope people are not stupid enough to try to go park their cars. But then also, how would you get your stuff back? I guess you would have to park your car. Dilemma. I don't know. Ugh. I just all all the things. I it's such a turn off to me. I'm like I'm gonna sleep. Yeah, we should have brought someone who actually does Black Friday because like it just seems like a giant waste, waking nightmare to me too. And 
I think there's part, again, if I got good deals, I'd be happy, but it's just, what's the cost of it? What does it cost you? There's just so oh. much, yeah, so much work you have to do to get that deal. Like, you have to go wait, like, like to be in the front of that line, you you have to be there, like, the night before. Yeah, that's what people camp out. And stay the entire day. And, I mean, I've done that once for the Rose Parade, and even then, I was like, never again. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let people have their fun, and the rest of us will be taking advantage of Cyber Monday. And Ooh. you have you have your eyes on any deals? There are specific gifts that I want to get. I'm trying to put a little more thought into my gifts. So there's specific things I want to get for like family and friends. So I want to keep an eye out for deals, but I'm not sharing that publicly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's a well. secret. <laughs> yeah. Holiday producers, man. Yeah. Who knew? Like, only here. Well, actually, no. It can happen anywhere. Like, I understand Black Friday. I just don't want to be a part of it. Like, Ditto. It's, it's just, it's not um, attractive to me. I'll be high-fiving you from afar. We'll be like, yeah, we avoided the madness. <laughs> but yeah. Um, other than that, Thanksgiving, I'm excited. I'm excited for our Friendsgiving. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Like, nobody's filled out my spreadsheet yet, so I don't know what anyone's bringing. There's um, a spreadsheet? <laughs> yes. I totally did not see that. No one pays attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, what are your plans for uh, the December without Plan. Me? Yeah. Planning. Um, I don't know. I'm still going to bug you a lot with emails and stuff. So uh, Just get mind, ready. The, mind the time difference. I don't want to get calls in the middle of the night. I'm not going to call you because I don't. I, I will respect your space, but I'm going to bug you and be like, oh, my God, here are 26 emails of all the things that we have to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm um, just set up a um, I'm meeting up with Clarissa Way, our friend from um, a couple episodes ago. Um, she'll be cool. in Taiwan. Um, while I'm there, we're going to go to a pineapple cake cooking class. So that'll be fun. That'd be cool. Yeah. Tell her I said hi. And then I'm going to take pictures of all the night markets. And snap them to you. Very nice. That'll be fun. Wait, so Snapchat? Okay, that's. Are you allowed to use Snapchat in China? I don't know about China, and definitely in Taiwan. And okay. I get, um, like, because I'm on T-Mobile, I get free data and texting. What over there? So um, I'll be able to. I don't know how well Snapchat works on 2G, but I think Taiwan is 2G covered. So yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. It'll be interesting. I'm planning to do a couple, some writing while I'm there. So doing a little nice. travel log. I might put up a couple of videos onto um, collaboration.org. So, yeah, just thinking about some um, some stuff to do. Might see some old friends. I'm, I'm doing the, yeah, like we said earlier in the episode, I'm doing the thing where I'm writing it out to people like, hey, I might be in town. You want to hang out? That'll be fun. I'm excited. I want to do some, like, international travel sometime soon. Yeah. But I think for now I need to, like, recuperate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not going to – because, like, you want to go to Korea, right? Yeah, I want to go and, to Korea. Like, Korean winter probably isn't good for your delicate immune system right now. No, but, like – no, I'll be, I'll see, if I have a goal, if I have a purpose, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to be better. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Pray for me, guys. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let you go and get better in time for Thanksgiving so you don't, like, snot all over all my your, your turkey. I'll do my PSA. best. No guarantees. I'll <laughs> do my best. But, yeah, um, yeah, good luck with the whole brining the turkey thing and That is my goal for stuff. today. I just want to say really quickly, though, thank you to everybody in, in light of Thanksgiving, and even not because of Thanksgiving. Thank you to everyone who's listened and supported Collaboration in our podcast and have given us feedback and support and encouragement. It's meant a lot to me and to Marvin and um, looking forward to a lot more fun conversations. But this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful for. Thank you to everyone. And we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do when, when I leave next week. So yeah, I'm this is have, true. I have to teach you how to set this thing up again. Hopefully. <laughs> yes, um, and then teach you how to actually record <laughs> the Shut podcast. Up. Uh, but I think um, well next week we'll still be in person. But after that, I'll be the one on Skype. So yep, and I need to learn how to do that. Yeah. So I'll videotape all of that. All right, sounds good. Uh, for everyone else, um, thanks for listening. Again, if you want to send us any emails, um, collaboration at no wait, 
that's not right. Podcast at collaboration.org is our email address. Um, send us what you're doing for Thanksgiving or some Thanksgiving family stories. Are your parents bugging you about settling down or having kids? We would like to know. We can help. We can help with that. Be therapy. Just let it out. <laughs> All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Minji. Happy Thanksgiving, Marv. Happy Thanksgiving to our listeners. Love you guys and be safe and don't get trampled on Black Friday. Yeah, be careful. Be safe. Practice be safe consumerism. Seriously. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Disco guy, excuse me, I heard bang bang, I heard shots. The mean barge in the interrupt your workshop. Without you, the show stops. I heard you're thirsty, so I got you a cold pot. Hey, girl, hit me with your voodoo. Choreos, I watch the be YouTube. Baggy clothes you wear, mama.